Good morning and welcome to Church Online. It's so great to have you with us today. If you're tuning in for the first time, I just want to give you an extra special welcome. It's great to have you with us. Look, I just want to let you know what's going on in the life of our church at the moment. Um, you know, at the, 
you would have noticed that we're actually not doing Zoom at the moment. And so we tried Zoom for a little while and, and it worked really well uh, with being in our interactive services. We did do it on a Father's Day service and there was a lot of interaction there. But we've discovered it's actually best kept for those in special interactive services. So uh, for now, we're not going to continue with Zoom. We, we are going to do our Facebook and uh, YouTube mediums. Uh, so you can still tune in with that at the moment. Uh, and we'll save Zoom for when we do have those special interactive services and, and I think that's the best way to use them. And so this is the journey that we're on. We're learning how all this works and so thank you for your patience and I just thank you for tuning in uh, on the different ways that you can. And so, look, you will have noticed there's been a lot of content this week uh, on Facebook and YouTube with our 14 days of prayer and fasting. And so I think it's been, uh, the first week has been a very significant week so far. I know it has for me personally. I've, uh, you know, had a lot of time just thinking and praying with God and, and asking him about, you know, where does he want us to go as a church? And so I've, I feel like God's putting some things on my heart, which I'm getting excited about. Uh, and I don't know about you, I hope that, you, you know, your, your ear has been attuned to uh, God during this time. Uh, but if you, if you haven't tuned, uh, if you haven't joined in at the moment, I'd encourage you uh, to get on board with this 14 days of prayer and fasting. You know, I be I'm believing that God can actually bring breakthrough in your life during this time. Uh, we've talked about that online. Aston's been doing uh, some interviews every, every night at 7pm on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, and so I'd encourage you to tune into them and I think some really great insights have come out of those interviews. But at 7am every morning we are praying uh, and we're praying live on Facebook and YouTube. You can tune in and one of us is getting up and praying about specific things uh, every day. And so the first week has all been about personal breakthrough. Uh, and so the second week, we're actually going to be praying about, uh, praying for our church, actually. And so we're going to be praying corporate prayers uh, for, for our region, for our church, and for us as a body. And so I'd encourage you to partner with us, get on board with it. Uh, let's, let's put our faith together. You know, where, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. And so I'm really believing that God can actually do a mighty th uh, thing through this time. Uh, that this is going to be a very significant time in our church. Uh, the other thing I want to highlight is actually our Zoom prayer meeting on a Thursday night at 7.30pm. And we've been getting a good turnout to our Zoom prayer meetings. Uh, but I reckon this Thursday, it'd be great if we could just get as many on board, especially during this prayer, time of prayer and fasting. You know, I, I'm really believing that this is going to be a pivotal time in our church that, you know, we might not see it straight away, but I think that there's something going on in the spiritual realm that we just can't see, that because we're partnering together in prayer, because we're praying and fasting, that, that the enemy is being pushed back and that we're actually taking ground for the kingdom. And so I'd encourage you, um, let's all jump on board with this together and let's really believe and have faith that God's doing a mighty miracle uh, in our region. And so 7.30 uh, Thursday night, the link for the Zoom session is actually on our website. You can head to encounter.cc and you'll find it there. But we'll also send out um, a text message during the week as well. Uh, if you're not receiving our text messages, please let us know. You can head to our website and just contact us and, and just let us know if you're not um, receiving those. The other way you can do that is by e emailing us at um, connect at encountercc.org.au. So... Um, we've been doing an identity series uh, for the last uh, seven or eight weeks and so uh, the whole series has been about 
uh, our identity as a church. Um, you know, we, this whole time of lockdown has actually caused a time of self-reflection uh, for, for us personally, but for, for the wider body, the wider church. And so, you know, I think this whole identity series has been about, you know, because we're asking the question of who we are, we're saying, well, what is it that now that we can't come to church on Sundays, who are we? And so I think what we've been discovering is we're not, it's not what we do um, on Sunday. We're, we're, not, we're not doing church. We're, we actually are the church. And so this has been about exploring uh, who we are as the church. And I think uh, God is just solidifying some great things in who we are as a church and, and that we will carry forward uh, into this next season of what God has called us to. Uh, but instead of talking about uh, our corporate identity today, I really thought uh, we would end the series. Today's going to be our last uh, week for the series, that we would finish on our personal identity and how, we, how that fits into the uh, corporate uh, wider church. And so we're going to do things a little bit different today. Rather than me just preaching, uh, I've actually got some special guests who are going to join me on stage today. And we're just going to have a conversation about personal identity and, and, and really discuss... Uh, you know, just what it is for us uh, to have a personal identity uh, and how that fits into the church. And so if you'd uh, join me over here, we're actually, I've got uh, Lance Werner with us today. He's, uh, he's one of our very, sp- oh, I won't shake your hand actually. Uh, <laughs> that's a, one of those things we just continue to do. But um, Lance, I just want to uh, say thank you for joining us today. Lance is a, you know, one of the uh, one of our board members, he's, uh, he's just such a, a legend in our church. I really love Lance and Chris, his wife, and uh, they're just a, a great encouragement to Aston and I, and uh, just such a, a pillar in our church, I believe. Um, you know, he's up on stage, he does music, he's always just willing to help out wherever he can, and he just believes in this church. And so, so thank you, Lance, for joining us today. It's great to have you here. And uh, Aston... Aston doesn't need any introduction. She's, uh, she's here uh, regularly, but, you know, Aston is my wife, for those who don't know her. She plays many roles in our church. Uh, she, is, she is a mother, she is a wife, and uh, she, is, she looks after our creative department here at church. And so, uh, welcome, Aston. Thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure. So, uh, to kick things off uh, this morning... Lance, maybe if you could start off by just letting people know a little bit about you know, yourself and, and maybe some of the different roles that you play uh, in your life and here at church as well. Yes, yeah, so um, I, I, excuse me, just I'm not going to read from my notes on everything you asked me, Glenn, but um, I, I wrote this down in sort of a list. I'm a Christian, I'm a man, I'm a husband, I'm a father, a grandfather, um, I'm a police officer, I'm a manager. I'm a church board member, I'm a farmer, I'm a CFA member, and it goes on and on. Wow. And it's the same for everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so, you know, we all, we all wear, you know, many different hats. We all play many different roles, like you just said. You know, you know can you, sh- like, share your thoughts on maybe, do you find your identity in those roles, or is your identity separate to those uh, and they're just things that you do, and maybe explain a little bit why. Yeah, I think uh, you're right, Glenn, uh, that um, each of those things are roles that I play. And, um, you know, if I go back to 1 Corinthians 9, that, you know, 
Um, Paul said to be all things to all people, um, mm. which is probably taking your question to another level. But, um, you know, uh, so I can fulfil all those roles, but yet I am the one identity. Mm. I am I am me. No one else will be me. Yeah. Um, and I am what God created. I am what God created. Um, so that's my, me and my identity. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really important to make that distinction between uh, who we are and what we do. Maybe, Aston, if you could just share a little bit about the different roles that you play in your life and then maybe talk a little bit about the difference between uh, who you are and what your roles are. Sure. Well, I um, do also wear many hats. Mm. I um, have a couple of part-time jobs. I'm parenting three children, helping to... I've run the creative team for uh, almost three years. Mm -hmm. So managing multiple things is kind of the normal for a lot of working parents. So I don't think that makes me exceptional in any way. Um, but it does speak to your question about are you what you do or are you who you are? And I, I think we all know the right answer to that is that we don't grab our identity from the things that we do, mm. but it's not always that clear within ourselves. Um, mm. It's very easy to live off the praise or the approval of others um, or to seek titles. Um, I think that's quite a natural thing if you have an ambition or a gift in one area. It's not necessarily wrong to seek um, improvement or advancement. Mm. And so we have to manage the, I guess, human bent to want to take our identity from that and we can quite naturally be, um, be enticed by titles, roles, mm. uh, just, you know, earthly successes. It's, it's very natural, I think, to, be, to gravitate towards those and it can seep into your thinking if you're not careful. So I think knowing who you are is not something that you, um, you settle one day and mm. then you know forever. Yes, we might have these real turning points in our lives where things are... We can look back and anchor our identity on these certain things that happen in our lives. But um, I think it's something that, that you might navigate throughout the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, that's very true. It, it, this whole identity, uh, discovering who we are, is a journey, mm. I think. And, so, and I think it's, it's such a big topic. It's, it's one that, we, that uh, everyone talks about regularly. Uh, and I think it's one that we all actually have to go on this journey of, of self-discovery. And so, and I think one of the biggest questions every single person asks is, is who, I, who am I? Like, and, uh, and for a lot of people, they actually haven't discovered that yet. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think this is one of the, mm. the number one questions in a lot of people's lives. And I, I actually think um, if you watched one of our Facebook Lives midweek devotions, Arne talked about that, yeah. um, you know, that, that wrestle, that struggle of who am I? And going on that journey, and, and mm. I think she's a similar age to me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so, look, Lance, has there ever been a time in your life when um, you weren't sure of who you were? And maybe how did you navigate that? Yeah, look, I think I've always... Um, I think I've been fortunate that I have uh, probably have known um, who I was. Um, but that at times can be confused with... Um, what am I going to be? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, uh, for instance, when I, was, when I was 16 years of age, I was playing in a band and, and I thought I was going to be the, the next Beatle. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and as, um, as you know, um, my biggest problem was I was playing bass guitar, but I 
played it right-handed and not left-handed, so <laughs> I couldn't be Paul McCartney. Um, but that discovery of um, that, I think those 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 things that we go through in life, those experiences, bring us back to um, who we are, help us to discover um, who we are or our identity. Um, in that, I discovered I am not Paul McCartney, and um, and um, you know along the way. Yeah, there's. I mean, I can probably go on to a few tangents there. So, mm. yeah, 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 I hope that that, that helps covers it. E- even um, for me as a young police officer, you know, the um, the uh, the um, opportunity just to fit into the culture mm. of um, or the subculture actually mm. of of um, that um, form of employment, mm. um, and to try and be like everyone else, like mm. um, it it ultimately doesn't satisfy and mm. um, doesn't meet your need and you, you really have to go back to what am I what's God's what's God created me to be yeah or what not even what I, am I created to be how has he created yeah me? what am I yeah mm. yeah and that's that's the million dollar question who am I uh, that we ha- always have to come back to uh, Aston I'll ask you the same question how you know in your journey of discovering who you are has there been times where you might have just not known who you are and and how did you navigate that? Yeah, I think like everybody um, going through adolescence is a time when, like Lance said, you actually work out who you are sometimes by discovering who you're not. Mm. And it's it's good to do that within the safety of a a loving, supporting family, Mm. uh, which I was privileged to have. And so I didn't make too many like grand mistakes in that, but definitely tried on a few different kind of outfits I guess in terms of mm. my identity and and they didn't fit and so mm. that's a process that I think is still ongoing mm. but accepting the differences in myself from other people even from my siblings from my parents mm. and being allowed to do that has been um, an important thing but I remember at one point when I was 23 I actually got chronic fatigue syndrome mm. I'd had glandular fever and got really sick and it just kind of kept snowballing because I didn't take the time to rest that I needed to and that is probably one of the weaknesses of my personality is that I love being busy I love doing I accept the challenge of like the impossible mm. is um yeah uh, exciting to me yeah. and so I had not learned yet to balance that with the fact that I'm a human who needs rest and so I got sick mm. this is the body's way of letting us know right yeah. and for the first time since I was 12 years old I couldn't worship lead anymore and I knew the right thing for me to do was to take time off to let my body recover and I discovered in that time that I actually had some unhealthy attachments to my role in that because knowing that's what I was uh, gifted to do I I guess had confused the ideas of what I was called to do and who I was called to be. Mm. And I had to discover throughout that period that who I am and who God has made me is actually settled before I do a single thing for him. Mm. And the book that Anne mentioned in her devotion was very significant for me during that time. That's Rick Warren's 40 Days of Purpose or Purpose Driven Life. And I did the 40-day study along with that. And it's so good because the very first day of that is that we are created to worship in other words to bring God glory and be in relationship with him Mm. and I didn't need to be a worship leader or even a musician Mm. to fulfill my calling of being created to worship Mm. God Mm. and so I'm very grateful for that season in my life because that actually set me up now that's nearly 15 years ago and I'm quite detached from my role as a worship leader or Mm. as running the 
creative team. You know, I take my responsibility seriously, but I do see it just as a role that I play mm. and it doesn't determine who I am. Mm. So who I am determines how I do those things. Yeah, I think I think you make a good point. And I, I'm reminded of uh, Todd White, if for those of you who don't know Todd White. He's a, uh, a Christian evangelist guy who... who he has a big presence online. He's got big long dreads and uh, really uh, quite out there type of guy and uh, really bold in his faith. And, and he, he's big on this. He's like, he's saying, you know, he regularly says, don't do to be, be to do. Yeah. And I think it's that position of just understanding who we are that helps us then to, to then know what we do isn't actually who we are. I, I, I think I explained that right, but... Um, <laughs> Made sense to me. Yeah, so, so, but this is the journey, isn't it? it mm. It's actually um, how do we how do we then discover who we are? Like, um, and so, you know, um, I think this is really where, uh, for us as Christians, it starts to enter the picture. Uh, for all of us here on stage, I think we've all had that experience of discovering who Jesus is in our life. Um, maybe Aston, I'll start with you on this one. You know, what, is your, um, what does it mean for your personal identity having a Christian faith? Yeah, that's great. So, like I said, a lot of this um, really became clear and is articulated so well in that Rick Warren book. It mm. meant a lot to me at that time, I think, probably normal in your early 20s to be exploring these things and as a newlywed as well, mm. working out who am I. Um, and so, for me, to be a Christian and have a personal identity, again, I'm not... Um, probably everyone feels this way about themselves. I hope you do, but I'm not like anyone else. And it took me a little mm. while to accept that mm. about myself and to think the things that I wanted to achieve in my life and that I saw God had in store for me, I actually couldn't see how that fit with who I am mm. and the way I do things. Because while, you know, maybe from the outside, it looks like I've got the great life to be in ministry because my husband's a pastor and, you know, I'm a straight white female and, I grew up in a Christian home and I've got great kids mm. who don't have special needs. You know, all of these sorts of things line up to create a very privileged life for me. I am aware of that. But I didn't necessarily see myself as the, the same way I see other women in ministry or other women in pastoral, um, you know, couples like pastor's wives or, or whatever mm. it is that I'm looking to. I didn't see myself as like them and mm. I still don't. And I... Um, all, all due respect, I don't mean that they're doing anything wrong, but I just didn't feel like that was a path I wanted to take because I didn't see that there was a path that I could be me mm. and still take in that way. Mm. But something that I've learned over the years is that God keeps calling me to it and mm. he keeps calling me to be me as well. Mm. And so it, there's, there's, to me, no alternative <laughs> other than doing what I'm doing as myself because it's so miserable to try and change who you are for mm. someone else. And so um, my identity comes from God mm. and I'm, I, I take, I guard it. I guard that carefully mm. actually. Um, but I also try and seek his wisdom about how I am received by others mm. so that I'm not um, too brash or, or too independent of what others think of me. So it's a balance, actually, I think, between, um, yes, I take my identity from God. Yes, I'm very secure in who I am. Mm. But I also want to uh, be sensitive to 
how that allows me to work in relationship with others and how that supports me to achieve what God's called me to do. Mm. Um, so as a Christian, I look to Jesus, mm. of course, as we all do. And I see many times or many things about Jesus's life that show me he knew who he was and he knew what he was called to do. And there were times when he did that at the expense of what others thought he should do. But then there are other times when he was moved by compassion for people and stopped his own agenda to serve them. Mm. And so I think it's just being led by God, mm. um, knowing that you can be who you are, mm. who God has made you to be and mm. still follow like a Christian path, mm. which may seem incompatible. Mm do it because there are others watching you who want to know they can yeah um how about you lance like where for you like what does it mean for your personal identity to be a christian um i think uh the best way to answer that is that um i think i truly have discovered my identity in being a christian mm. um and it, and i go back to um um, getting a grasp of the, the fact that God created me. He created me with my own DNA mm. um, out of the genes that, you know, have gone into forming me. Mm. And, um, and so that is who I am. Mm. Um, and so uh, in some ways I don't see that I'm a different, my identity is different to the day I was born. Mm. Um, you know, that's how God created me. That's my identity. Um, things um, through life happen um, that um, might might influence the way you behave, but or do things, but but they're a fruit of who I am, and so that fa that foundational thing for me of being a Christian, um, and God created me right from day one to be in relationship with Him. Mm. Um, so e even as you know that brand new baby. Good looking, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were, Lance, <laughs> without my a doubt. My mum and dad did think so. Um, yeah, that, that brand new baby um, wanted to be in relationship with God. And I think what happens is that, I mean, praise God, I was fortunate enough to be brought up knowing about God. But um, I can remember as a, as a young, very young child um, having times, and I don't know if it was because it was a little bit boring or, or I didn't have much to do with it at that particular time, but... I can remember in those times I would go back and I would pray and, and I remember saying, God, I just want to do whatever is um, whatever I can do for you um, and serve you effectively. Mm. Um, and as a young child, I think that wasn't, it wasn't just an expression of anything I'd been taught at Sunday school or anything like that. Um, I never, I'd never recall ever being taught that stuff at home, mm. uh, even though, you know, I was taken to church. But, um, but I think... That came about as much as anything because of my de desire, because of my identity, mm. having that desire for a relationship with God. Mm. And as life has progressed, you know, you can you can get involved in all sorts of things. I mean, talk about all the roles you do. Mm. Um, and I can do all those roles. But, um, yeah, ultimately, um, my identity, um, s the light to shine most when... Mm. I mean, God's presence. Yeah. And and to me, that's mm. um, the best way I can answer the yeah. question, probably. Yeah. yeah. Look, I think one of the things that comes along with trying to discover your identity is actually articulating identity. Mm. Like, yeah. 
it's such a, a large topic. Uh, articulating identity, how do you do articulate it? Yeah. Like, it's such an abstract mm -hmm. concept. And, uh, you know, I, I like what you said, Aston, about, you know, we're, we're really here, and you're saying that essentially the same thing, is we're actually here to glorify God in all that we do. Like, we are an expression of God. Like, he, he created us because he is love. And he, he was like, he created us to, to love him and to love each other. And so um, I think we actually get the opportunity to express um, who God is in and through our lives as well. And so, uh, and we can do that just by being, knowing who we are through, because we are created beings. I think um, one of the, the tricky things is, you know, we have so much information about, you know, evolution and all these uh, different uh, theories about who we are. But I think the Christian faith for me uh, and the framework actually um, fits, uh, like it, it helps to explain identity the best because it gives us uh, a framework for us to fit into and go, yeah, that totally makes sense to me. Um, I think one of the, the teachers at school, um, he, he did a devotion one morning on, on um, the evolution theory and, and creation and he said, you know, evolution theory is, is like, okay, you put a, a whole bunch of, like you get a, a puzzle, right? You know, we, we do puzzles and you put all the pieces together. And they said that the theory of evolution is like put that puzzle in a box, shake it up and then you open the lid and it's done. Like, that's, that's the probability of, of evolution. But for me, when I look at creation and look at how ordered it is in terms of, you know, it's so mathematical, there's so much precision, uh, you know, if the Earth was to spin off its axis by one degree, the whole thing would fall apart. Like, and so when I look at that, I look at creation, I look at who we are, our, our intellect, I just can't help but think God created us. You know, and so for me to come back to that, to go, okay, well, of course, that's who we are. God created us to be. And so for me, that's the foundation to come back to and go, well, okay, well, who am I? Well, I'm God's creation. And that's the foundation then. So from there, you then launch out for who you are. So I think um, one of the hard things for us as Christians, or for anyone, is actually uh, this, you know, there's, there's who we think we are. And then, then there's who other people think we are. And so there's, there's pros and cons to, to both of that. So, um, Aston, I'll ask you, like, how does um, how other people receive you and how you see yourself uh, fit into identity in your world? Do you see that playing a role in who you are? I do. I guess um, from two different perspectives, perspectives mm -hmm. so firstly Lance said that you know he was born who he was created to be and I think that's absolutely true we kind of have this innate character personality your DNA um, even your physicality is determined sort of by the genes you're born with when you're when you're born um, but then people have an influence on shaping how you're socialized and mm. and how you learn to behave as you grow up how your relationships um, the first relationship you have with your family obviously has a big impact on the way we behave as adults. And I think um, that, that forms that early identity, but it continues to, to shape who we are and how we view the world, the relationships that we have. And so I think that does have an impact on who we are. Mm. Um, and so I think 
the reason I, I bring that up is because I think it's very important where we place ourselves mm. and where we choose to be planted because, you know, a, a seed has within it what should grow, mm. but the soil that it's planted in mm. will determine how fruitful that is, mm. um, if it grows at all, mm-hmm. how big it grows, how long it lasts, all of that mm. sort of thing. The conditions that you are in really do determine whether or not you thrive. Mm. And so when you talk about your identity in relationship to others, mm. it's important that you choose your relationships as much as you can mm. um, to be ones that support you thriving. And I think that it this is sort of what I was alluding to before. I can have a very strong sense of who I am from God, but if others are not receiving me in that way, then maybe I'm not fully getting the whole picture, mm. right? And so mm. I think it's good to seek counsel and mm. to have people that you trust to advise you and to speak into your life and go, hey, you know when you say that particular phrase mm. that people think you're really rude or mm. yeah. <laughs> or it sounds very judgmental when you do that or are you aware that when someone does this that you always respond in this way and mm. you're not really at your best? Yep. You know, obviously you and I have a relationship like that but there are other people in my mm. life who can speak openly to me about that. Of course, there are things about myself I just don't see mm. and even when you say it, I don't always love hearing it mm. but I know that that is ultimately good for me to take feedback from others. They mm. mirror who we are to us so there's a quote that i read this week it's by um, nasim nicholas taleb in a book called anti-fragility where he says a wind will extinguish a candle but energize a fire Mm. and so i think when you have a strong enough sense of who you are determined by you and god then you can receive that sort of the the blowing of relationships Mm. and it can either strengthen who you are um Mm. it will strengthen who you are if you've developed cultivated a sense of identity strong enough already Mm. but if you don't start with you then Mm. you've just got this little flickering flame Mm. and you take feedback only from others and it's just going to get snuffed out so Mm. i think you have to start with you and god Mm. but then it's important to seek Mm. at at times from people you trust Mm. feedback yeah i think that's really important and i like that analogy of either just being a small flame or, or a fire how do we become that? How do we get our identity to become strong like that? Like, so we have a strong sense of self and who we are. Maybe Lance, I'll get you to. What have you done to maybe build your identity? I think um, I think um, just growing in God. Full stop. Mm. Is the is the I can't I cannot speak more highly. You mm. know, get into the Word, pray, mm. just do life as a Christian, mm. um, and you will understand your own identity more and more and more. Mm. Um, you know, um, I suppose going back to where you're saying about being influenced by others, you know, um, and I'm reluctant to say this, being surrounded by two Geelong supporters. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I don't know if Pastor Zoran's watching online, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, like um, I, I use the example of Gary Ablett Jr., you know, for the first, I, I believe I believe Gary's identity is not Gary being a footballer, mm. um, but... Um, but his identity is to probably just to glorify God um, mm. or bring glory to God, you mm. know. Um, um, or that's his that's his purpose. But Gary is who he is. Mm. Um, I don't I don't know the guy personally. Mm. Have met him, said good day to him. Um, but um, you know, after five years, he was the first five years as a footballer. He was just a just a footballer, and until he actually took on the advice of some of those more senior people around him mm. and you know and he really committed to what he does and as a result he became this um famous footballer that he you know um people compare him with his father 
Mm. Um, not because of a father something, but because of his greatness mm. in the way he plays the game. So I think that's how we can be influenced by people. But, but you know, at the core of it, um, his identity is not Gary Ablett, the footballer. Mm. He is Gary Ablett, um, the person that he is. Mm. That God uh, created him to be. Yeah, that God created him to be. I think mm. he's actually living out God's purpose in his mm. life. Yeah. Um, which allows his perhaps his identity to be seen a little bit more. Mm. That's good. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to do it, and, and it, it highlights for me that analogy of just taking time to work on ourselves privately. Um, you know, what we do um, privately will actually determine what we do publicly, and uh, I found this to be true. If if we're if we're inconsistent in our own world privately it will actually present publicly that um, we're not actually doing very well uh, and that's that whole reflection on when we need people to go maybe you need to work on this and maybe work on that and but I think I think the key there Glenn is um, that thing of um, you know just pursuing God mm. with everything you have yep. and look I mean I've, I've been in so many meetings where it's like yes let's let's just give everything over to God and you do and then you know and then somewhere down the track, you sort of think, "Gee, I'm not really doing that now." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but it's a matter of continuing to to go back to, mm. c- continuing to go back to God, and and um and as the more you do that, the more you your own identity is revealed to yourself. Mm. Yeah, I, I I resonate with that, and I and I think a lot of people resonate with that as well. Um, in that, um, you know, just spending time with God, well. You become who you hang out with. Uh, that's just a part of. We always reflect what's around us. That is actually mirroring is a, is a normal part of what we do. And so I think one of the keys in in becoming who God has created us to be is that we actually put people around us who who are going to strengthen us and encourage us. Um, you know, as, as a parent, we don't want our kids being influenced negatively, and so we we're careful about what they watch on TV and and YouTube and all those sorts of things because they're going to look at those things and become those things. Um, and so I think it's the same even when we're as adults, we can be influenced uh, by the people around us. And I kind of have this rule, it's like an 80-20 rule where it's like I want 80% of my life to be surrounded by people who are going to encourage me in the, to be the best that I can be. And 20% of my life is going to be people that I'm going to encourage uh, and strengthen uh, that maybe. Um, had it, had I spent way more time with them, they might influence me in a negative way. And so having that balance is really important. Glenn, I think just a final point there too. Um, I think there's an element of being true to yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, um, we can all be influenced, but I mean, I'm sure we've all had times when we've um, we've perhaps had um, people influence us in, as you say, a negative way. Mm. Um, but it's that when you're not comfortable with that, being true to yourself and saying, I just can't do that. Mm. And so choosing to mm. no longer be with those people or yeah. um and that, that could that could be a, a workplace. It could be so many different things. But mm. but um, you know, living in relationship with God, um I think if you're if you're true to yourself, God will enable you to to be able to make those right choices which mm. ultimately um, you know, help help you to be strengthened in him mm, yeah i agree and 
I think there's that you're right. There is this balance of of we don't want our whole world to be dictated by other people's opinions of us as well. And so, how do we um, know when it's when we need to listen to others and when it's time to actually be no, actually, I'm just going to be this because this is the conviction that I have. Um, maybe has there been some times in your life where you've had to really say, no, nah, I'm not going to be like that? Yeah, look, um, I'm, I guess in terms of conviction, um, definitely, um, you know, um, being through my work, being with, well, not actually at work, but after work, you know, mm. being with people that, you know, um, probably have a few too many drinks and things like that and saying, hey, this just isn't really me. Mm. Um, I'm just just not really comfortable in this and yeah. and choosing that, hey, I'm not, not going to be involved in that. Yeah. Um, you know, for me as the manager of a workplace, sometimes there's times of celebration mm. and I might go to along to a function um, because of my position and, and, um, and I'll acknowledge and congratulate or mm. whatever it might be, um, you know, the, the purpose for the celebration, but participating in, in a, and even, you know, getting down to the level that people get to, I've got to just say that's not me. Mm. Uh, that's not who, that's not my identity. It's not what, how God created me. Yeah. It's not how I want to be. Yeah. How about you, Aston? Have you, how do you um, know when it's time to just, nah, uh, this is who I am and I'm not going to listen to you? Uh, or maybe actually I need to listen to you uh, because it, my who I am is not lining up with the best version of who I should be. So um, Willow Creek Church have um, a rule that they a rule of thumb that they work by where you have a couple of people in your life who will tell you the five percent or the ten percent mm. that no one else will tell you. Mm. Um, because if you do the hard work of developing and encouraging circle of friends mm. and social uh, social atmosphere then you may run the risk of never hearing those things mm. and so I think it's just good to have a couple of trusted people that's what I have in my life I trust my sisters and I trust you Glenn and um, that's nice. th there's a couple of people <laughs> in this <laughs> I know you will not hold back <laughs> with the feedback so that's good but I know you have my best interests at heart and there are a couple of people in this church as well who are who I will allow to speak to me like that but there are other times, um, especially as a leader, mm. you know, we can, if, if not criticised, at least questioned about, well, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? You know, perhaps you should try and be just like Jen Johnson and then the worship team would explode. Mm. It's like, well, you know, mm. do you think I'm not trying already? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, there, there are times when you just know, look, mm. I, I know that's not right for me. And the, the, the older you get, honestly, being 30-something's mm. awesome. Yeah. I'm sure it keeps... Bible a lot from the Word of God mm. in that book that is just so obvious when something doesn't match up. Yeah. When you hear something that's just, ah, oh, you know what? Thank you for your feedback. Yeah. And then let it go out the other ear. Yeah. Uh, that you you just get to know mm. um, as you get to know God and you let Him tell you who you are. But I would say read the Bible definitely yeah. because it really helps to establish what the standard mm. of godly wisdom is yeah. and then you know the difference yeah no, i think that's a great point um you know the word is the measuring stick it's, it's what we are uh, line our lives or match our lives against i think um you know i talked about uh last was it last week i talked about living stones or the week before 
you know, Christ is the cornerstone, is the plumb line for, the, for our lives. It's, it's how we align ourselves to be a part of uh, his kingdom. And, uh, and one of the ways is to read the word and, and, and it really comes back to um, relationship with God as well. It's not just reading the word. I think reading the word is, um, helps us to then know God's voice and, and how he talks to us as well. And so for me personally, I think that you know, God talks to me regularly. Uh, and, but if I hadn't read the word, I wouldn't actually always understand that that was God's voice or whether it was maybe myself or maybe even the devil trying to t- put some negativity into my life. And so the word really creates that measuring, uh, that plumb line. And so... I reckon uh, reading the word brings your identity to life. Yeah, yeah. Because well, it's out of out of relationship. That's right. Well, it's it's alive. I think yeah. it's not just a book. It's alive. It, it's it's God breathed. It's inspired by God. And so, when we read it, it's actually uh, it's food. Uh, it's food for us. You know, this whole fast that we're doing right now, fourteen days of prayer and fasting. You know, when you look at what Jesus came back at the devil with on when he was being tempted for 40 days in the desert he's like and will not live on bread alone but every word that comes from god and so we get our identity from from god and it actually brings us to life like you say when you we know read it. when you mentioned that glenn um in luke that's in chapter four and actually jesus then comes back from his fast and he's teaching in the synagogue and that's when he gets handed the scroll to read mm. and it's in isaiah and he says, you know, I have come to mm. proclaim good news to the poor, mm. um, recovery of sight for the blind, to proclaim, proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the year of the Lord's favour. Mm. That's all found there. And then he says, this is now fulfilled in yeah. your hearing. So even Jesus took his identity from the word of God, yeah. from the scriptures. Yeah. And it was fulfilled after that period of fasting, which is cool because we're going yeah. through this fast right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great insight. Um, yeah. And uh, look... How do we, for, like we've talked about our personal identity and um, talked about the difference between roles and, and just being who we are and getting our identity from Christ. How does that fit into the bigger picture of, of the church? Like how do we be individuals within a much larger context uh, when it comes to being a part of the church? Maybe I'll start with you, Lance. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I, I think um, how do I fit into it? Um, yeah, how does my identity fit into church? I spoke earlier about that, um, you know, you can be all things and, you know, the word tells us about, you know, the many parts of the body and, and so, you know, I could say, well, I could simply answer it and say, well, there's so many parts of the body and discover yours. But some, I, I, I think for me, um, you know, when I first um, really genuinely got involved in church, um, I'd gone all my life, but when I started being active in church it was it was through music and it's um and you can i think you can go out of your way and think that okay so um i've got to pursue that because that's who i am you know um you can define yourself by i'm supposed to be um a a music leader and like i worship i led worship for years um in my previous church and you know as the music director and things like that and I just, for a long time, I probably just thought that was what I was supposed to be. Mm. And then over time, I, you know, I would start delivering commu- communion messages or whatever it was. And, and, then, um, and then I preached a bit. And, um, and then Chris and I ended up um, leading a, a church outreach for, um, for 18 months. And 
thought, well, you know, maybe I'm supposed to be a pastor, you know. And um, went through that stage. And at the end of it, I really just discovered that that's not what I am. And rather than me defining myself um, in church by, you know, the role that I play, I actually discovered that, you know, um, I remember an old mentor of mine taking us through, you know, God's gifts. And and the reality is I'm an encourager. That's Mm. my natural gift you know mm. um i exhort people mm. <laughs> be exhorted yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> that's good very good um and you know when i strip it down to that it doesn't for me it doesn't matter what i do in church mm. you know and i don't s- consciously sit there and say oh, i must encourage people mm. but i allow that gift to flow mm. out of me because mm. that comes from who i am mm. um that comes before i l- am involved in worship that comes before i mm. speak in church mm. you know um yeah it's yeah. just knowing that that's that's what i am and so that's what i do yeah i think that's a great distinction between even talking about roles and who we are again it's like mm. that then fits into the church world as well yeah. in that you're actually just being yourself and it doesn't matter then what you do uh just you are an encourager yeah. and that fits into any role it doesn't really matter so i, I love that distinction yeah. Uh, how about you, Aston? Like, how do you see your personal identity fitting into um, into the larger church or yeah. church body? Look, I think that we rightly celebrate roles and leadership in the church, mm. but it can sometimes put a focus on that, especially if we have people who um, come and they attend on Sundays and that's their only window into church life and they just see leadership celebrated, mm. that we can begin to think that that's, it becomes this over-exercised part of the body and we're like skipping leg day, right? We've got yeah. the great biceps, but we do, it's just not building up other parts of the body. Mm. And I think that um, that can lead to some people becoming quite focused on roles and Uh, Not even titles necessarily, but just like what job can I do? What volunteer role can I fill? And all of that's so important. But at the end of the day, God's called us to be in relationship and in community with each other. Mm. And we don't actually need titles and roles to do that. Mm. Um, God said, you know, or Jesus said to the disciples, this is how people will know that you are my disciples by your love for Mm. one another. Mm. And so I think we need to be so excellent at loving each other Mm. and Um, celebrating our differences because in all of the things that we've talked about um, in this series in the identity series you talk about living stones that requires many 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 stones to build this thing talk about parts of the body we need all the different parts of the body not just eyeballs and not just hands and not just feet we need it all Mm -hmm. and then even when I talked about the bride of Christ in Ephesians 4 where it says that you know Jesus has given different gifts to different people he's left these different gifts for the building up of the body to the full maturity unless you all uh, feel like you can come here and be yourselves and be in relationship whether you have a role or a function or not we will never achieve that like we're here doing what we can do and what we're naturally good at feel very very grateful that my uh, gifts and who I am kind of has a place to fit in the church but so do you you may not see it here right now in this sort of format but you in our community are so important Mm. and you have to be who you are not who i am not who lance Mm. is um i'm quite passionate about that there is a Mm. place for everybody um not because we're so kind and generous but because you're actually needed yeah you are needed for all of us to prosper and to benefit so be yourself that is where your personal identity fits in Mm. the house of god and in the family the church of god he's worked it all out 
I don't know how it all works or how this all fits together, but God does and he has a plan and a purpose for you. If you're watching right now, wherever you are, mm. there is a reason that God has purposed you to become part of what is happening right now. Mm. Um, and, you know, say hi in the comments if I don't already know you. Mm. I'll, I'll look back later. Yeah. Um, but that maybe that's for someone today. I feel mm. like God's on that. That whoever you are however god has made you there is a place for you here and maybe you actually are going to change who we are you know mm. we don't want to change who you are maybe you're going to change what this body looks like and mm. that's a really great thing yeah i love that actually just on that i know um for my wife chris um you know like chris is different to me mm. praise god you know um, <laughs> that's why we're married mm. um but um what in what you're saying aston like um um I think the natural thing is you walk into church and the first thing you see usually is the, the worship leader. And, you know, especially for young kids, they aspire to be the worship leader, you know. It's just old practice. My my kids and even my grandkids now are practising at home, you know. <laughs> practice being the worship leader, you know. <laughs> play church at home. And, mm. um, but, you know, like, um, so everyone, it's very easy to get this thing to aspire to be someone that mm. is seen and noted in church um but when you find out who you really are mm. that may or may not be you mm. and i know for chris my wife um you know she has a, a a different personality to me and um she is just she's just comfortable in her own skin at any time mm. um and you know for her to um to to um function in church what she's best at doing is serving mm. she just gets something out of doing that so mm. when we we'll be in a group at church and i'll be waffling on to someone because i'm trying to encourage them usually mm. you know that mm. or you know that's what flows out of me but chris will actually just get get as much her her identity is fulfilled um by just serving mm. and if that's doing whatever mm. um she loves it um, over time she's grown into she's happier to talk nowadays yeah, more, yeah. more so yeah but you know at the core for chris she just loves serving whatever yeah. it might be you know yeah, yeah that's awesome I, th I think that's a great distinction i get nothing out of that yeah <laughs> uh, uh, well i think it it highlights the differences that we all have and that we actually all have a different place um and that we can all uh, there is a place for all of us and uh you know, we. I think it's it's important to highlight um, that. Uh, don't wait for us to create room for you. Actually, just come and 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 put your hand up and say, "I'm here." Put yourself out there. Um, be 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 comfortable in in who you are, uh, and and that highlights to us, especially for us as leaders. We're always looking for people to. Well, looking to people as well to to be, you know, who are you? You know, what's God put on your life? How how can you be a part of this community? Um, and not just to serve either, but actually just uh, for from a relational point of view, like how, who who are the who are your core group of people that you can hang out and lend strengths to? And because I think um, we're called to give, not to take. And and there there are times in our life where we need. Um, people to give to us we, we go through those seasons but I think um, the, the very nature of God is that he he gives and as a as a creator he, he's constantly giving and when we align ourselves with uh, being like that we actually find way more fulfillment uh, in who we are by just giving and so 
um, one of the things I, I learnt was, you know, when you just put yourself out there, it doesn't matter what other people think, whether they, they like it or not, um, um, God likes it. And, uh, and nine times out of ten, everyone likes it anyway. So <laughs> and if someone doesn't like it, well, that's on them. And so, so I would encourage you, if you're maybe feeling disconnected or maybe you, you're looking for a place, um, put yourself out there. Let us know who you are, and uh, we'll find a place for you. Everyone's welcome, and uh, we want diversity. Um, and you know, us and I feel a responsibility to make room for people uh, as leaders. We want everybody to have a place. But like you said, Aston, uh, you you might just be sitting in the background and and not putting yourself out there. And and in fact, you you could be the one person that actually uh, we need, and we don't even know it yet. And that you, I, it's not so much about changing; it's actually about adding. Uh, uh, it's actually building, like becoming more of who we are. And so it's that each stone being built on top of each other actually creates who we are. And so, look, if you could um, sum up identity quickly, like, or maybe for, let's frame it this way: maybe someone who's struggling with their identity today, maybe don't really know who they are. Um, Lance, I'll start with you. How, how, what would you say to someone who's going through that at the moment? And what have you, you know? Um, honestly, I would say whatever you do, pursue God because, um, you know, um, God has created you from day one um, to be who you are. And, um, you know, influences will influence that along the way. But if you do your best to um, pursue God and pursue Him with all your heart, and, you know, try and put the influences of this world behind you mm. and just, you know, pursue him with a pure heart. Mm. I think um, it draws you back to who you are mm. and your your own identity will be revealed mm. um, and you will actually end up being like Chris, you know. Mm. You'll be comfortable in your own skin <laughs> um, because, um, because of that, you know. Yeah, that's great. Aston, how about you? If you... What would you say to someone who's watching today who may be struggling with their identity? Uh, what piece of advice would you give them? So I think um, very much echo what Lance has said, but I want you to know, I guess, even if you don't already believe in God, that he has already called you worthy mm. and he's actually already made you enough. Mm. And I think when we wipe all of the preconceptions and all of the pressures off the table, all of the expectations of others and ourselves and just take it off the table and know today that there is a God in heaven who created you and says that just you existing is enough. Mm. And let's start from there mm. and give yourself permission to then feel the things you feel, to like the things you like, mm. to think the things you think mm. and explore that with God. If you do have a faith in God, know that you can do that in prayer. God's not scared by the things that we wrestle with. He's not scared by you exploring who he's created you to be. And so all of this processing that people will talk about wanting to do in discovering identity, just do that with God mm. because he can actually help shape that process um, and probably even make it... Uh, more more fast what am i trying to say more expedient mm, yeah. <laughs> he can uh, amplify that process mm, for you because yeah. he actually knew your design from the beginning mm, yeah i think that's great and uh you know god's just so good isn't he like he just did you want to add yeah, a comment just, just just with what aston was saying i have yeah. a brother-in-law who um didn't have a christian faith mm. he walked into church and and at no point 
Um, and, you know, they're having the altar call, you know, ask Jesus into your life and yeah, I'm not doing that, you know. And mm. he was up the back of the church in the background and he doesn't know how he got to the front, you know. Mm. Um, and and I think, um, you know, that at some point, <laughs> you know, he, he's come to the front, so either he's let go or God's God's bought him. But if you don't know Jesus, mm. I think, um, I think I mean I'm an encourager, but I would encourage you to, mm. you know, to to let go, because, um, you know, because of life's influences and that, you can go like this to God mm. and say I'm not going there. But you know, if you want the best life you can have, mm. um, let go and just just leave everything behind and just go for God. Yeah, awesome. If you don't know Him, just yeah. just ask to know Him. Yeah, that's good, Lance. Well. I just want to say thank you to both of you for joining me today. I think it's been some great healthy conversation and, uh, you know, such a big topic and I think it's a great way to wrap up the series is just to delve a little bit deeper into personal identity and and how we fit into uh, the church as individuals uh, and how we see ourselves through God as well. And so thank you again. I hope you enjoyed yourself. uh, I really appreciate your insight and uh, look up for you watching at home today. I just want to thank you for tuning in. I hope you got something out of it too. Um, you know, this wraps up the, the series for us this week. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll actually, uh, Aston will be preaching next week, uh, just a standalone message, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. And uh, look, I just want to let you know uh, just a couple of things uh, before I wrap up today. Uh, just a reminder uh, of our 14 days of prayer and fasting uh, to tune in at 7am uh, every morning and, and pray with us. Let, let's all join together in prayer. Uh, if, if you haven't uh, done any fasting yet, I'd encourage you to, to do a day or skip a couple of meals or, or, or just decide something and, and actually get on board with us. I think uh, whatever we offer to God during this time, it, you know, he, he will bless it. And it uh, doesn't matter how long or how short it is, I think it's the intent, it's the... It's the uh, humbling ourselves and actually offering something to God during this time that actually counts. And so um, for those who are already doing it, I'd encourage you to be wise with it. Uh, this is not a competition. Um, you know, be aware of, uh, of your own health and, and what you're doing and, and let's be wise through this. We don't need to be competing with each other. Uh, you know, um, I don't want anyone with medical conditions after this because, uh, you know, I, I, think it's re- I think it's very important to be wise during this time. And so um, if you're feeling unwell, um, maybe um, might be time to start eating. I, there's a difference between being unwell, I think, um, and then actually just feeling a bit fatigued or whatever. And I think you'll know the difference uh, if, you know, if your heart's skipping a few beats or something like that. I think, well... <laughs> go to the hospital <laughs> go, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think let's just be wise with it. Um, That's what I'm trying to say there. And so uh, the other other thing is uh, 7 p.m., tune in on Facebook and YouTube. Um, We are, uh, Aston's actually been putting up something every night that's actually talking about um, prayer and fasting. And so there's just been some great insights coming out of that. And so I think we're all learning a lot out of that. And the last thing I want to highlight is on Thursday night, this Thursday, 7.30 is our prayer meeting via Zoom. Let's all jump on that. Let's get 50, 100 people on that. And uh, I'd love to just see us all join together and, and really put God first uh, during this time, especially during this prayer and fasting. Uh, you know, for me, prayer is actually found foundational to who we are, especially as a church. 
And so I'm really putting, highlighting this as a focus of who we are, uh, not just during prayer and fasting, but going forward. Uh, I think prayer, we can't, you know, without God, we can do nothing, you know, on our own, you know, in our own strength. Uh, we're very limited, but with God's strength, we can do anything. And, and prayer is the connection between us and God. And so I'd encourage you, let's all continue to pray together. Uh, let's jump on our prayer meeting this, seven th- uh, this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. via Zoom. The, the link is on the website. Aston actually posted it up there last night, so I know it's there. Uh, so, look, I, I hope you've enjoyed uh, today. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, it's great having you here. I hope you have a great Sunday, and I hope you have a great week. I look forward to seeing you uh, online throughout the week for our 14 days of prayer and fasting. God bless. See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Today, we just pray that you got something out of that message. If you would like to know more about Jesus, you can head to our website, encounter.cc. And there, in the Next Steps tab, you can make yourself known to us so that one of our pastors can reach out to you. If you would like to give, you can do that in the Giving tab of our website or on the instructions in our church app. Encounter Church is more than just a service on Sunday. And there are so many ways that you can connect with us during this time. You can follow us on our social medias, as well as keep in the loop with what's going on in our church app. There, you can listen to all of our latest podcasts, give electronically, and of course, let us know how we can pray for you in the prayer wall. Hey, we would love to see you next week at 9.30am for our pre-service, and then again at 10am for our regular church online service. We hope you have a great week, and God bless. See ya.